Well, 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 here we are. Another episode of VNA Panorama Podcast. Back here as always every Monday morning. Well, today I wouldn't say there's a prereq, but we will have a personality test linked in the description. Take it if you want. It's $10. None of the proceeds go to us. So it's not like I'm hustling something that I have stakes in. Uh, <laughs> the test is done by Dr. Peterson. It's a hundred phrase test where you figure out who you are as a person. You don't have to share those results with anyone, but me, Brandon and I are going to take the courageous leap forward and share our results for everybody, maybe to take that step for you to call to action, because you don't even have to show your friends, you could just show your significant other, or you're just a reflection upon yourself. Uh, so we all wonder like who we are as people, and there's some things that we just seem to, or we can't put into words, but this does, and it breaks it down into five traits, and I kind of want Brandon to take over to talk about the five traits, just a general description, and then we'll go into each one into detail and what our results were and what that means for us. Yeah, so the five, um, I guess, personality traits or the five pillars are agreeableness, and those break down into compassion and politeness. So if you're not very empathetic with others and you don't like being very polite to others or you think someone's stupid, you're not gonna be very agreeable conscientiousness pronounced it right uh industrious and orderliness is what it breaks down into and that's being able to get things done and kind of just the way you look at everything and being able to do orderly things i guess in the sense yeah being orderly yeah like you like things neat and organized scheduling you like to follow a schedule for most parts kind of stuff like that you like to like you like a job that has a set schedule or you know, maybe is working for somebody else or it's like a set. Yeah. Like everything's in order. Mm-hmm. And the next one here is extroversion. Mm-hmm. And that is um, sensitivity, or I guess I'll say the second parts, enthusiasm and assertiveness. So positive emotions, hope, joy, anticipation, all that stuff. And especially in, I would say social situations, so if you like going out and about, talking to people, shooting the shit, extroversion is going to be your thing. That's kind of what that means. Neuroticism, not to be confused with eroticism. <laughs> uh, it's about how afraid you are of everything, which might be some people's kink. But neuroticism is withdrawal and volatility. Those are the two things that it breaks down into. So if you're more afraid of the world or you think of if you think things have gone bad or are going to keep going bad, that's what neuroticism kind of falls under. And then the last pillar is openness to experience. And this ends up being broken down into openness and intellect. And it's important to know that intellect isn't necessarily IQ. how smart you are. Yeah, it's not IQ. It's not IQ. It's more being able to understand and be willing to take in abstract concepts like what we're talking about right now. Like if you don't find this interesting, <laughs> you might not like have, like you might be lower in openness to experience because mm-hmm. this is something that's complex, which exactly. is an interesting indicator. So <laughs> anyways, yeah. we haven't so, shared our results with each other either. So this is kind of just like, wow, here we go. Let's, I'm kind of. We had to shut ourselves up before this. I yeah. had to shut Adam up and shut myself up. Excited to share them. And... Multiple times. And we've mm-hmm. had multiple people take this and, I haven't had a single negative response to the test. Everybody has had a good experience with it and some life-changing experiences from 
some people, including myself, because once you get to know yourself, you know that you can take, look, it's cool because as humans, we have the consciousness to recognize that we have traits that are good and bad. Like your dog doesn't have that. <laughs> hey, you my know? dog is a very good boy and girl. <laughs> yeah. Don't you say anything harsh about my dog. They understand the basic good, bad, like, oh, I probably shouldn't poop on the carpet, <laughs> but they don't understand like, oh, like someday I'm going to die. Like that doesn't ever, like, they just don't think about that, but we have the capacity to do that. So that's, what's cool about this. Uh, so I'll start with agreeableness. And so this one, to me, makes sense for me. I am slightly below average in agreeableness. I don't know what you think of. <laughs> I'm gonna let you analyze that result and talk about your own as well. I mean, I guess I understand the, I mean, you're probably more likely to trust some people, I guess, but at the same time, half like half the time, you're pretty skeptical about a lot of people. <laughs> like you think they're just trying to fool you or all the people on TV trying to sell the new shake weight, you know, stuff yeah, like that. Yeah. <laughs> You're like, I'm not going to buy your dumb product. Like yeah. you have a healthy sense of skepticism, but you do like to work with others a lot of the time. And Sometimes very... I'm not agreeable though. I can see how I'm kind of a hard headed, like, and by the way, agreeableness is actually associated with conservatism. So conservatives tend to be more or lower in agreeableness which doesn't surprise me because I would think of liberal or the left leaning more um, open to experience or just agreeing on like a lot of things. Whereas specifically conservatives are set in their ways. What's interesting about me is my results didn't indicate hundred percent conservative or liberal it actually showed split, which also doesn't surprise me because as much as people probably think I'm a right conservative Republican, that's not even close to the case. That's just a simple label. Which is why it's cool because this is more than just like one label it's like a bunch of traits breaking down and what is your results i want to know yours are you ready for it i don't think you're ready <laughs> yeah. for it what i am your... third percentile third percentile <laughs> and so this is where i actually wanted to talk about it and i shut myself up and i was like all right shut up we're just gonna start recording yeah. i think that i wouldn't say i'm like a diehard conservative and that's what kind of the results were saying at the end is could be an indicator. I think I would have to say that not being a, like being able to look at someone and go, okay, I don't agree with your way. Or if someone kind of fails, I don't really give a shit about stuff. I think that has to do with some sports and becoming an athlete in college. I see a lot of people come and go, man. And at a certain point, you kind of have to be like, well, I like that guy, but he wasn't good enough you can't feel bad for everyone. Yeah. It's just the way life is. Like some people don't have it. Some people can't do it and you can't feel bad for everyone. And so I don't know. I also like to engage in conflict. Well, what I saw is like with relationships, if you have somebody high in agreeableness and low in agreeableness, well, the high agreeableness person, when you ask them where they want to go to eat and they say, I don't know. Well, for me anyways, I'm moderately low. So, and you've not experienced this before. You know, I'll be a little rude and I'll be like, well, what the hell does that mean? No, like you will pick a spot where we're going to eat. Like I need to know your input. Like <laughs> that's a lower agreeable, like just, you know what I mean? That's how that yeah. stuff, but that's how, but that can create huge uh, friction in relationships. And so it doesn't surprise me that both of us are on the lower spectrum <laughs> mm -hmm. because you, what you'll find is the people that you get along with are maybe not exactly your results. You don't want the same, 
but they're relatively in the same ballpark. Like you're not going to most likely have one here and one here. Cause you're going to have one person roll the conversation or someone's yeah. going to be like, eh, I don't know, man. And the other, yeah. you know, what are you talking about? Like they get all upset <laughs> and stuff. What upsets me is whenever someone's like, I don't know where to go to eat. And I'll say somewhere that I kind of want to go, but I really don't care. And they're like, no, nah, I don't really feel like going to yeah. this place. That upsets me more than just yeah. saying like, I'm not going to decide like, just say yes or say no or pick somewhere. <laughs> love of God, just pick somewhere. What what score was your conscientiousness? By the way, I said that correctly, so <laughs> I should almost deserve a round of applause. <laughs> Pat yourself on the back, all right? Yeah, yep. Mine was 49th percentile. Okay. Which I would say kind of fits me because... And what is conscientiousness for a reminder for people? It is industrious and orderliness, or basically, that's the categories I should say. It's basically attention to detail, hard work, and cleanliness and stuff like that. And All right, well, order. like, can I, I will say that for you, I would, be, I believe that that result is correct because, like, you, I wouldn't view you as a messy person, but I also wouldn't view you as, like, orderly and clean. Like, you are definitely somewhere in between the middle and, like you're willing to work a task or you're willing to be on a football team and listen to a coach, but you're also not just going to bend over and take it from anybody. Like you're reasonable. And so that's what like the consciousness at a 49 for me makes sense to you. Uh, conscientiousness is, uh, is that also uh, like complex thought or is that neuroticism? I believe that's neuroticism. I believe that is neuroticism. Yes, neuroticism. So that doesn't have to do with conscientiousness. But for me, I'm lower on the spectrum of conscientiousness. So my percentile, I think, was 34, which isn't like too it's much. It's not too low. That's no, but that's still bad. it's still moderately low. Mm -hmm. That's what it claimed me to be moderately low, and which is true because I'm not the cleanest person most people have ever seen. But I've been to your apartment a few times. Yeah. I'll back that up. <laughs> yeah, um, I know. But no, but that's definitely, I've talked about this several times. It's something I'm getting a lot better at. Like if I could show you guys my room right now, it's actually like really clean <laughs> because I recognize these traits. But another thing that comes with conscientiousness is like working a job and just doing the same thing over and over again. I'm just not wired to do that. I can't work a same job doing the same thing. Some people can because they uh, have industrialness where they can work a job and like do it properly and just really like hone in. But like me, I'm all over the place. I'm doing all kinds of things. Some things I finish, some things I don't, which kind of explains the lower conscientiousness, which isn't another thing about this is like the results. Uh, some people were, like, were getting upset, like, oh, is this good or bad? I'm like, well, it's neither really. It's objective. It's like, this is what it is. <laughs> like, it is these are your is, traits. Man. Yeah, these are your traits. But if you can recognize the good, take the keep the good and cut the bad out. So, I mean, uh, I I was looking at it too, and you know, I I don't know if it was exactly getting stuff done, like the task at hand per se, or more so if you start something, you want to finish it, and the attention to small details. Yeah, I feel like for you, you know, I've known you for a while, your mind is like all over the place in terms of like ideas and you keep looking at the bigger picture about something. You're not just like focusing on 
one small idea. Okay, let's do it right now. Finish it. You're always thinking of how to make something bigger and like grander and making like this giant idea. That's like absolutely crazy that most people couldn't even think of. But then I'll, I'll like be like, I'll just figure out the rest. Like the attention to small detail for mm-hmm. me to at least that can be a good thing. See, and that can be like, what do they say? Paralysis of analysis where some exactly. people do pay attention to all the small things. So then they can't do the big thing. But like, for me, it's like, I work here. And then now I've, I've struggled for so long. Cause like, it gets overwhelming when you're with a picture this big and it's just like, no, like you, to a degree, you do need to take the smaller steps. And that's what I put on our Twitter, uh, like smaller steps to like the end goal because it all starts in the increments. So that is yeah. interesting that you say that. Maybe us starting a podcast, both of us not having super high scores on that. We're going to miss some, we're going to miss yeah, some yeah, small yeah. things, ladies and gentlemen. Yeah. <laughs> if we, if we mention something and uh, we don't come back to it, there's a reason. All right. We just exposed ourselves. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. For no, it's, but yeah, that's why we need to get an intro popping too, <laughs> yep. which is coming soon, by the way, as, as people saw on our social medias. So those are the two agreeableness and consciousness. So both of those I am below um, conscientiousness is more conservative. If you were higher in conscientiousness, you are more than likely conservative. Conservatives are more orderly and have your, and like, uh, respect for authority sort of yes yes and mm-hmm. another thing that's interesting is if you look at the farthest right can go conservatism is fascism fascism, fascism. <laughs> the, far, the farthest left you can go is communism and so it makes sense that orderliness is a conservative trait because if you think about nazi germany like regardless of what you think of them objectively good or bad which obviously in my opinion was no question bad but yeah um was the thought i just blanked on them now completely. Oh yeah, they had, they they had ex- crazy order. They did, bro. Everything was ex- written down. Like when they rounded up Jews, they had like every document you could possibly find to know which people were Jewish, which people were in the churches where they lived. That's how they rounded up all the guns as well. So I think that's kind of like really true. And I'm not saying like just because you're orderly it means you're a Nazi at all, but it just shows that like you can see how like that branch can branch way off into the dark side, which is what we. We need to recognize these traits. See if we can recognize these traits, then we can move forward. And now I, I don't want to get too derailed here and go down a rabbit hole. It's too far. But what first of all sparked my interest with this test is my like I just really couldn't believe that the world could let uh, like communism or Nazism. Like, how do people in a country do that? And I think everybody here just a lot of people came to the conclusion that it was just Hitler was a crazy guy. And like, he was actually extremely orderly and knew how to get stuff done and it was evil, but everybody I think views it as like, Oh, I would have stood up. But like, if you really look at it, majority of us wouldn't like you weren't a not, you weren't like in that country. Think about like what you would have went through. So if we can recognize these traits, we can cut that off at the head. So like people would know based upon like Hitler's personality that, you know, he was conniving, but, I don't know. People don't view it that way. They just think, oh, these people like we're just dumb and stupid and like, but history repeats itself and it comes in different forms. It's not as easy as just like fighting Nazis nowadays. Like there's always going to be something new. So, yeah. I don't know about you, but if I was in the crowd of Nazis having to salute, I would have simply just not because I'm built different. That's what everybody thinks, but 
it's really, really a lot harder than you when than people I think they don't. I think people underestimate that. If you see a hundred thousand people doing the same thing, while an authoritarian like regime is controlling you, chances are you're not going to be that one guy to stand up and go, "This is wrong." Exactly. Like, you're going to be like, you're looking out for your own neck. You're not going to do anything. Yes. Yeah, and but we have to, and so like if we can understand that and come to, so we both agree on that conclusion. Well, then we can't put ourselves above that we would never be a Nazi because, well, actually, maybe I could be. So, like, like theoretically, it's in my genetic code. It's in my code somewhere, potentially, if I've shown up on the personality trait. So, if it starts with the individual, each person person cuts that off. Well, I mean, then all of a sudden, it's a movement and nobody falls for these authoritarianism traps. So, this is also why this is important. It's, it definitely brings awareness. It's yes. self-awareness, which is really important. Yeah. And yeah, that's why you can hear me even talking now, big picture and trying to hone it in on the small things here, but <laughs> yeah, we're working uh, on it. Self-growth. The third, third point is extroversion. Uh, and I'm going to guess that yours is m like moderately high. 95th percentile. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I think that what's extroversion to just recite it's enthusiasm and just like you're overall like are you a bouncy person are you always Positive. smiling think yeah like your enthusiasm your anticipation and like approach of something mm -hmm. you really like to be positive and make people laugh and social situations especially so you know you're in the xbox chat you want to be that guy that's cracking the jokes or you're in a room full of people you want to be the one that's you know making some of the jokes and making everyone kind of happy yeah whether or not the jokes actually stick in my case, they usually don't, but you like to, you like to try to be, you know what I mean? Yeah. Take a guess at my extroversion. 28. You were pretty close. Actually it's 34. Yes! Uh, yeah. Yes! Moderate, which the, the description of it was like, this person doesn't get high, doesn't get too low, but like has his happy moments, but has their sad moments and, but like sees, sees it for as it is, uh, laugh sometimes, but like doesn't laugh at things that aren't funny. Uh, yeah, you know what? Like I'm, I'm not the most crazy enthusiastic person. I'm a little bit socially awkward sometimes. <laughs> sometimes. <laughs> yeah, but like I'm not just like a total just disability, like can't do anything. Like I can still, like I'll go to a social gathering, I'll go to a party, but always in moderacy because I don't, I don't like too much social interaction. Like I can go in my room, hang out for a day. It's fine. I can also go out and hang out with friends and that's fine. You, I can see like you need social interaction constantly just need to be around people talking, which isn't a bad thing. That's just, again, like we've said, that's objective. Like it's never nor good or bad. It's just, that's just how you're wired. Yeah. I mean, if you look at even like the amount of work that gets done for me, if I'm by myself, I'm more likely to get work done because if anyone is around me, the chance that I'm going to get distracted or want to talk to them is super high. Mm -hmm. So that's why if I'm doing some homework and I go to the corner and I lock myself in, it's not because I hate everyone else. It's because I'm doing it for my own good, you know, <laughs> like locking a dog away. Yeah, I agree. Um, that is definitely how you get, it's like, a, or even the COVID we've talked about this before, but the lockdown, like for people like you, it was probably just like crazy. Like no wonder, like, you ate 
and just put on just just like you needed to keep busy and sometimes that's eating and putting on 20 pounds <laughs> hey eating eating is busy work also i put on 30 pounds what mind your tone okay, all right okay all right <laughs> anyways uh the last or not the last trait the fourth trait neuroticism what were your results for that and what do you make of it so mine is 76th percentile which I thought was a little high. And and can you explain what neuroticism is one more time for people? It's sensitivity to like negative emotions, pain, sadness, fear of like danger or being really anxious. I think my results are, I get really anxious about stuff that I'm not going to get it done. Probably because I postpone stuff all the time. So I get procrastination. Nervous. Exactly. And, you know, we were talking earlier that we think people that are higher in this category might be more prone to the fear of COVID and being afraid of the effects of it and all that stuff. I don't, I, you know, you've heard me talk about it. I really don't think COVID is that scary personally, but I also think that the fear of being caught at a party and getting my scholarship taken or stuff like that, there's a lot of dangerous situations that I think I could put myself in personally. So I think that's why it's so high. There's just a lot of things that I think I'm afraid of losing. So I'm not going to put myself out there as much as I should, which is good for not wanting to ruin stuff, but also bad because, well, you're not going to get any better if you're not going to risk a little bit out there, you know, put some mm -hmm. flesh in the game. Yeah. No. Mine, mine is, uh, like moderately high, I think it was 59, which makes sense because like I'm definitely an anxious person, but I'm also willing to take some risk as most people know. Like I just kind of do stick my head out there and I'll say some stuff, I'll do some stuff that I think people with very high neuroticism wouldn't do because it's too much of a gamble or you could lose a lot and that just keeps people up all night. And some people need a secure job. Again, higher probably in industriousness if you are like that and uh higher in neuroticism as well i'd like to see that connection actually on a scientific basis i wonder if there's something connected to that so like if you're high in neuroticism you're scared of taking risks so you're more than likely to work a job one job for a long time right wouldn't that make that's it no this is a hypothesis yeah, i but. think that i think no i'm pretty sure actually that was said that you're more likely to get a degree and then get that job with that degree because you're afraid that if you don't get that job and degree, you're never going to have a job. Well, it kind of, of fulfills life. a destiny too. Like this is yeah. what I was set out to do, like working, which is okay. And again, this is all just personalities now. And I think it's helped me understand that some things aren't always just disagreement on disagreement. It's like we're physically, we're biologically thinking different and there's nothing, there's just about there are very few things you can do to drastically change it. You can change it a little bit to help yourself, which is why it's nice for people within relationships to take the test because they can share them with each other. And but once again, like if you look at our results, like and the correlation of us all of relatively having about the same score is a good indicator that we're probably friends. If you just look at the test and not just say, are these two friends or not? You would say probably yes, yeah. <laughs> just based upon our personalities. Without us even having to meet, you can predict things, which is cool. I really like that. I like mm -hmm. the analytics. Uh, 
and then openness to experience. So mine is high. My openness to experience is high. By the way, openness to experience is a, if you're higher in openness to experience, it's a liberal trait. Uh, liberal doesn't mean like what people think it does either. Like I think people, some people who are Republican associate liberal, liberal liberalism is like what the leftist movement is now, but it's became so radicalized that it's almost like straight off from that. Mm -hmm. um, so, but at liberalism at its core is higher to openness to experience, which is, I'm very high in that. I've been all over the place. I've been all over the world. Um, and then I'm like open new ideas and I'm, I'm constantly like listening to stuff and constantly just really thinking about stuff, which is yeah. also probably explains uh, where, or neuroticism, where you can like tackle complex or you want to at least take it on volunt it's voluntarily you're taking mm -hmm. those like things on like nobody nobody volunteer or is forced to think about deep philosophical ideas well unless you're in school which you're probably not paying attention and engaged anyways if you don't care but just gonna pull the phone out under the desk and yeah. be swiping well, on that instead I, i'm gonna guess your openness to experience is probably moderate or i would say moderate mine is it says very high okay I think for me, my openness to experience, it says 89th percentile, which I think is a little high. The reason why I think it's so high for myself, I guess, is the abstract thinking and the meaning of beliefs and systems and kind of questioning stuff. And I really like movies. Like whenever I try to watch a movie with someone, I have to kind of engage myself in it and really think about it. And I like watching them over. I like music, you know, me and you absolutely love music. See, and this is off a of personality trait, which would explain why. <laughs> which I think, you know, me and you are always trying to find new music. We also we're... like art. We're both like into art, profoundly like engaging. And mm -hmm. I, I, and it seems like I think some people view it as nerdy, but like I always look at stuff and I'm just like super intrigued with a painting and I'll just like, I'll look, I just... And again, this is another thing that I can't put into words, but there's a certain feeling or an energy when you listen to a song, you look at art that you can't put into words, but it's just, you feel that energy. And I think it's just hardwired in your brain to be more sensitive to those feelings. If you have a higher openness to experience. I think that's why we were so willing to actually start a podcast in the first place, really. Or even and do this like right here, yeah, like, like this takes yeah, it like it's a little uncomfortable. Yeah. Yeah. Like we're sharing to other people. Like, yeah, man, I like listening to music and getting a little deep about it. Deal with it. You know, like, yeah, it's kinda... I like art. Okay. Yeah. I'm yeah. not very artistic, though. I will, not artistic in the sense that I can't draw, but I would say artistic in the way I think about like creativity more so. So, like, I would, I would consider myself in a way creative, but I also wouldn't say I'm like artistic. So, I, I guess there's not a direct, I don't know what the correlation to that necessarily, but I suppose if you're, you have higher openness to experience, you can probably draw more things. And you know what, actually I heard a, uh, which one was the mood one? I believe it was neuroticism, right? Neuroticism determines mood. Yes, it does. Yeah. It's volatility yes, yes. and volatility and mood. So what they say actually is people that are lower in neuroticism, which means people that are sad and feel a lot of pain, make the best art like historically it's been proven on a long like hundreds of years and i think about the artists that i love the most 
are just paintings. And I guarantee you, if you go talk to that person or listen to their story, it's tragic, like tragic beyond like what you could ever imagine somebody could go through. Mm-hmm. But that's where art is made the best. You know, like I would say even this podcast was just created because like we feel a, a sensitivity to like outside events and we just felt like it's just hardwired in our brains. Like we got to do something or like have some kind of creative outlet. And right here is again, if you take our test and see like us two getting, making a podcast actually isn't as crazy as it might seem like it's actually scientifically based upon the test, of course, um, like showing that there's probably a correlation there. Right. I mean, this is a creative outlet. I mean, you got to talk about stuff, have content. And so that's what I mean by I'm creative in that sense. And I would say since I'm average in neuroticism, it probably makes sense why I'm not insanely artistic, but I do recognize these things. Some people just don't. And I would say that's more conservative in a way. It kind of has to do with the orderliness. Like art is all over the place sometimes, although it can be in an order and have purpose, which, you know, oftentimes it does, but it's, it's a weird mix of being disorganized, but organized. You know what I mean? With a lot of art, especially music, like it can be chaotic, but they'll always make it sound good. Or for the most part, they will. Yeah. I mean, there's so much moving. There's so many moving parts going on that it just seems like chaos to a lot of people who aren't well-versed in it, or maybe don't have that openness to like the intellectual quote unquote, where they're able to think about it on a deeper level and like to engage in thinking about something like beyond surface level, which I think a lot of people who are very straightforward to the point and don't really give a crap about like, oh, there's a painting painting. Okay. Like they don't care. But if you look deeper into a lot of stuff, there's a lot of layers to it, like an onion trick. (laughs) And you just got to look at it and there's so much chaos in a lot of music, especially that painful music. Like Kanye is a great example, I think, where his stuff, when he was in the most pain in his life, he made the best music because it sounded like there's a lot of songs that are really messy and chaotic, yeah. but it still sounds good because he can create something as an outlet for his pain, which is why it's so good. And that's why the better his life got, kind of the worst his music got and so well and and that's where they say like understand your human behaviors and curb that into something productive so like Kanye he could have just been a complete just malevolent prick just mad at the world and like some people say he's cocky and all that and I understand like he's definitely like I would love to see like what his personality test says but more of the story he was still able to channel the way he felt and put it into art in the form of music. Now, for me anyways, for 808 and Heartbreaks, that first song where it starts with the chorus of like the people singing, is just like insanely powerful. I just remember like tune, turning that on one time, turning the music on, 808 Heartbreaks, and I was just like, holy, like right away. <laughs> it hit. I was like, wow, this man was in like a sad place but just it's so powerful and engaging to me which is why i find music and art so engaging because it's the same concept of pain and the life life in itself is just pain and suffering there's death you're constantly aging getting older and you know you'll die someday and that itself can make people malevolent but i've been preaching this for a while now 
because I subscribe to the theory that, all right, yes, wherever you are might suck, but I believe in individualism, like play the hand that you're dealt and be useful in society and get a purpose and that'll make you fulfilled. That'll make you happy that everybody's apparently chasing for. So. Yeah, I mean, I just think that a lot of people aren't willing to accept that because a lot of people are afraid of it. Yeah. A lot of people are afraid of kind of opening up to the more scary ideas of life. So the openness to be able to understand that you might never understand something fully scares a lot of people. Yeah. But people who, you know, are more open are willing to at least try to. And that's kind of where I think we see our scores a lot higher. And I think that's why we can talk about stuff at a lot deeper of a level together. Well, we're on the same wavelengths, literally like exactly. brave wavelengths. Yeah. Exactly. Like, I, I guarantee you, if you would look at people that you don't like and you looked at their, and you were able to look at their results, you would probably find that you have some deeply contrasting personality traits. And so I always, and I also think this helps my compassion in a way and makes, and it's helped me understand that sometimes like you can get upset at people and things, but you also got to understand like if you can understand that these people are just wired differently, you already have a leg up on everyone else because you understand that it's like, have you ever had a debate with somebody where they have an opinion, but they don't really know what they're talking about. They just kind of have that opinion because like, that's just how it, that's just what they've been told to believe. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> I think the schooling system, I'm not going to bash the schooling system, but I think there's a lot of things that are taught and preached in the schooling system that are absolute bogus. Yeah. But when people try to defend them later on, they don't really have an explanation behind why, like they don't have any facts really. As like people aren't think thinking. That. And I under, and now I, I do start to see that. Like they're just wired to think a certain way. They don't even know why they feel a way, but they have an opinion on something is I guess what I'm saying. And, that, mm -hmm. and now I understand why. And, but I think those people, and they're not unredeemable because we already opened the podcast by saying we have human consciousness. So I said that funny again consciousness <laughs> human consciousness to determine what's good what's bad from ourselves what's good what's bad from society and so we can't just be barbaric and just make decisions because that's just like our human instinct thing we can actually fight past that where we can recognize that but chimps can't yeah <laughs> you know we're not don't be a chimp <laughs> yeah ooga booga be, be smarter yeah, yeah. than the monkey with the banana yeah but Anyways, yeah, this is a great episode and uh, it was really fun to go over our results and I should have said this before, but my prediction was that we would at least be within like 35 points on everyone and which was for the most part right. And I also think this matters when you pick partners for like intimate relationships or friendships, like pay attention to these things because like these things matter if you really want to have a successful connection with people, so that's my last thing. And if you take the test, uh, yeah, let us know how it goes. I would love to hear like if people took it and like what they thought of it. Yeah. Um, also, I wanted to make a little comment here. There is an option to connect, create a connection with someone and it will actually tell you kind of compatibility. And it's basically, it says for romantic relationships, and so I was a little afraid that when I first made my account that Adam was going to uh, have sent me <laughs> a connection for a romantic relationship to see if it would be compatible. 
to my surprise and relief, I did not see an invite for that. Well, if but. that was the case, I mean, a lot of our results are pretty close, so things get weird pretty quick. You better, you, you better be able to figure out where you want to eat because my agreeableness yeah, yeah. is not high enough to tolerate your... Yeah. I do uh, actually have one other um, result that I would like to know for you okay. is volatility. Yeah, let me pull that up real quick because I have that. Uh, <laughs> is it at the, the bottom? I believe it's at the bottom. It's the second part of neuroticism. Okay. Yeah, my volatility. Uh, I am a low volatility. Individuals low in volatility are stable and predictable in their moods. They're not irritable and feel much less disappointment, frustration, pain, and loneliness. Uh, I would say to a degree that's true. I don't feel too much loneliness. No, not, not really. But I would say I definitely feel like the human pain and suffering and just the human experience. Like I'm, I'm hyper aware to that in a degree. But I would say, I would say low. That would, I would say moderately low. That's accurate. What do you think? What was yours? <laughs> why, why were you curious? Now I need to know. Uh, so I, was, I asked that because I thought yours would be just about what you said. Because usually it doesn't take it takes a lot to get you upset about, like really upset about something. Yeah. Like people always misinterpret me for being upset, which really bothers me when, because I don't, okay, well, maybe it's my fault because I don't show my emotion that well in general. Like I'm not like crazy enthusiastic. So whenever I do talk, it seems like I'm really passionate and just fired up about something, but like, I'll, I'll talk about like something about chocolate pudding. I'll just start like just ranting about just something random about it. And somebody's like, wow, you're really like passionate, upset. I'm like, no, I'm not at all. Actually. I just like find this fascinating. Like, and I'm just talking about it. Jeez. Like this chocolate pudding is so fascinating. <laughs> you know, you're just, oh, just so angry in the corner with your spoon. Just yum, yum. Scooping yeah, it up. Good stuff. Um, I asked because mine is 77th percentile which is moderately high i see that and because we can get old steinhauer riled up pretty you know if you know okay how to poke his strings then you can get him riled up and so this is the this is one of the points that i kind of wanted to hit is that i think that if you know me really well if i'm in a great mood it is so easy to pull a few strings and just poke me right where you know it'll piss me off mm-hmm. i'll go from like a great relaxed mood to just super upset and just like super volatile, like I'll freak out. But I think otherwise the regular person, I could hear a baby crying and I hate children like that aren't my, I guess that aren't my own. Yes. That is very much how I feel too. If I don't, if I don't know that child, I'm like, why did you have kids? When I hear a baby crying in a restaurant, (laughs) I'm like, please get this baby out of here. Trust, you know, that's how I am too. Like anytime like you hear kids or baby screaming, everybody always looks at me like expecting me to have some kind of reaction where I'm just like, uh, no, please, please just. (laughs) (laughs) No, but yeah, no, for mine, I guess it was really high. I think that it says they can be sometimes provocative in a dispute if they're really yes. low in agreeableness. I like to think that if I have an opinion strong about something, I tend to not back down if they try to upset me about yes. it. Like I know that they don't actually care, but they're trying to upset me. I will end up getting a little bit right, like riled up about See, it. See, and I'll say that I'm usually pretty good at setting the trap for a lot of people in that sense. Like I like to poke, pull strings and get people rowdy and it doesn't take much what you'll find, but 
most of the time I'm doing it to actually see how somebody feels about something. Cause when you get them emotional and riled up, you're able to like get them to actually open up and talk about something and like, how, tell us how you really feel. Exactly. <laughs> you know. <laughs> but anyways, say, yeah. I always say that to my dad whenever he says something just outrageously horrible or mean about something. And I'm like, wow, man, tell me how you really feel about it. You know, like <laughs> as if no one could tell what you were really trying to say there. God, I wish that person would just fly off a bridge. You yeah, know, they, yeah. they they were going like three under the speed limit. God, yeah. blow them up with a bazooka because yeah, yeah. it's like, oh, tell me how you really feel about that person. Yeah. You know road rage but anyways exactly. and i think this is a good way to uh, end today's episode thank you for listening and our next episode we have a returning guest on and i'll give you a hint they just won the state championship uh, for the first time in almost three decades so we'll, we'll we'll leave that up to you to find that mystery of who that person is but once again we'll be back at you next monday thank you for tuning in bna panorama built different